on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers <clears throat> Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. Another tough night for the Brewers. The losing streak it is extended to now seven straight games. It has been quite some time since the Brewers have lost seven in a row. you got to go back to uh, 2018, but here they are. And it was not a case of them being unable to score runs tonight. They don't score a ton of runs, but five runs on seven hits. More often than not with this team and with the pitching that they normally throw out there, five runs is going to get you a victory. Uh, Tonight it does not because they allow Washington to score 11 runs on 19 hits. And 10 of those hits, I believe, came with two strikes. Brewers pitchers, uh, especially starter Aaron Ashby, just had a really hard time closing out at bats when they got two strikes on on hitters and here we are the brewers are very much still in a funk as they lose today by an 11-5 score to open up series against a washington nationals team that bluntly is not a very good baseball team we do welcome you in to brewers extra innings here on wtmj my name is matt Pauley. i'll be joined by vinnie rotino coming up uh, after the news in about 15 minutes or so we'll hear the post-game comments from our manager craig council we'll go back through the game with the highlights uh we'll get into the situation with why craig council was thrown out actually not why he was thrown out he was thrown out because he uh what he said to the umpire but the the situation that led to that and whether or not the umpires got not just the call, but the calls, plural, correct. Because there were a couple separate things that occurred uh, that really led to counsel eventually getting ejected. Uh, you, you think in that moment that maybe that's the spark that the Brewers need. It doesn't really work out that way, and certainly some frustration uh, starting to boil out for uh, this club that at this point... They just need to taste victory again. They just need to uh, come away with a win, and we'll see if they can do that uh, coming up tomorrow. If you want to join the program, multiple ways to get connected. You can call or you can text into the Acunet, uh, Acunet Mortgage Talk text line. That phone number is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 to call or to text. Uh, or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air as the Brewers do lose this one uh, today by an 11-5 score. All right, so they're not playing good baseball right now. Like the we that's clear. I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're playing good baseball. They are not playing good baseball. But I do try to look at the positives and there have been some things that have happened that are a little bit positive. So let's start this show looking at some of the, the good things. Andrew McCutcheon had a nice day at the plate today uh, going three for four. And, you know, it, it frustrated me a little bit because, I, look, I get it. Fans, uh, teams losing, a lot of people are not performing well, and there's this, like, lash-out factor, especially on social media, where it's mostly anonymous. But the last few days... Uh, some of the comments that are being made about the Andrew McCutcheon signing and his usefulness on the team and things like that, it's kind of, I, I, I don't think it's come from a place of being rational. Because when you really look at the season that McCutcheon is having, he was going along pretty strong. Then he had to sit out for a while with the, uh, with the COVID situation, couldn't do anything, and it just feels like he's still kind of been coming back from that. And when he was in that big slump, Man, he was 
he was hitting some balls hard, and they were just to the exact wrong spot. So I think it's a good sign that uh, we see the three-for-four day today uh, from Andrew McCutcheon. So that's the first good thing. Christian Yelich has a couple hits. Uh, he's there at the top of the order. Uh, when you put him in that spot, you're kind of almost admitting to the fact that maybe you're not getting the extra base hits that you want out of him. So you put him in the leadoff spot, and you try to take advantage of what he has done somewhat well consistently over the last few years, even when he has not been uh, hitting well, and that's getting on base. His on-base percentage has been at the very least, respectable. So he has the two hits today uh, at the top of the order. I guess that's that's a good thing as well. So we'll stick with that as being the good things. Uh, Roddy Telez draws two walks. He has an RBI. That RBI total continues to go up. We kind of we and look, I'm I'm probably as much to blame on this one as anybody out there. We really haven't talked about. Telez's hitting recently and what he has been able to do because he has consistently uh, continued to come up with hits. Now, the power hasn't been there. Uh, he has not hit a home run since May 29th, and you're not, you don't have this guy in the middle of the order to be a singles hitter, but with the way the Brewers are going right now from an offensive standpoint, you'll take anything when it comes to hitting, and uh, Telez, although he doesn't come up with a hit today, he gets on base, he's able to uh, drive in a run, uh, he had a really nice homestand, those uh, seven games between uh, against San Diego and against Philadelphia, uh, he had three multi-hit games, no, he had four multi-hit games uh, during that period, so he's been hitting a little bit. I think more than anybody on this team, he was impacted by some of the players being out of the lineup, uh, whether it was Willie Adamas or Hunter Renfro, and those guys are coming back. It doesn't feel like uh, they're they're back to 100%. I mean, Adamas, the 0 for 3 today, he's now hitting under 200. I don't think anybody probably saw that happening. Uh, Adamas' average after this game today, he is sitting at 199. Luis Urias, to me, just doesn't look right. He had that thumb issue, uh, and and I don't know if that's still impacting him or not, but he just, you watched him in this game today, and he just didn't look right. He didn't look, I don't know if it's injury or if it's just the team isn't playing well, so he's pressing a little bit, whatever it might be. Uh, he didn't look right, and the team continues to not have uh, Colton Wong either. So Urias almost has to play right now because you don't have Wong, so Urias is able to play over at uh, second base, which was his uh, natural position coming up. Uh, not a great day for Aaron Ashby, four and two-thirds innings, six runs on 13 hits. It felt like he was getting kind of dinked and dunked there for a while. There wasn't a ton of hard contact against him, but still... Six runs on 13 hits is six runs on 13 hits. We can talk about soft contact as much as you want to, and I think there's he pitched better than six runs on 13 hits looks, but even if you pitch better than six runs on 13 hits, it still might not be a fantastic day. And, uh, yeah, I think Aaron Ashby uh, would probably like to have. Again, we go back to what we opened the show with. A lot of two-strike opportunities and... For whatever reason today, the Nationals came up with a lot of two-strike hits. So that's kind of my breakdown of the game, where it's at. Not a good day for the Brewers. They lose by an 11-5 score as they open up this three-city road trip. Another three-city trip. There is just absolutely no relief in sight. The closest thing that they have to a little bit of relief is they're going to have an off day on the trip after the uh, off after the day game coming up on Sunday. They'll be able to uh, travel out right after that game and then have a true off day on the road. Not a travel day, but an off day. Maybe that's something to kind of recharge the batteries just a bit. But uh, overall, it's just not a not a good not. 
Things are not going well right now for the Brewers. All right, 11-5, the final score. Vinny Rotino is going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuDent Mortgage Talk text line. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. We're back with more after the news. The news starts in two minutes here on WTMJ. Looking for a ground ball double play as Peterson launches one to deep right field. Way back and gone. Jace Peterson into the second deck here at Nationals Park. Sixth home run for Peterson. It's 2-1 Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers had a lead in this game. In the second inning, it didn't last that long as Washington came back with two runs of their own in the third and never looked back from that point uh, moving forward, although it was tied again 3-3 in the fourth inning, but still. Uh, this one very much in the direction of the Nats, 11-5 the score. Brewers' extra innings continues here on WTMJ. If you'd like to join us, you could do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line, 855-616-1620, or you could tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Let's bring in former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst Vinny Rotino. And, Vinny, it's, you know things are going bad as a team when you're losing games in different ways. Like, it's one thing when you lose a few games in a row and they kind of all look the same, and that's how this started where the Brewers weren't scoring runs. But here over the last couple games, it's been a little bit different. Tonight they get five runs. They're going to win a lot of games scoring five, but they just can't keep Washington off the board with those 11 runs on 19 hits. Yeah, I mean, how many two strikes, two strike hits did Washington get? I mean, Ashby couldn't put these guys away. They just kept dinking and dunking them for a little while. And then you did get the home run by uh, Mikel Franco to lead off the inning after the Brewers did take the lead three to two, and that was kind of where it all shifted. Um, and it seems like those points in the game are are kind of magnified when they're snake bitten like this they definitely feel like this team is snake snake bitten at this point right they like you said that's a great point like they keep finding ways to lose which is not a great thing to say um but yeah i mean like if they're going well and then you know ashby gives up the lead on the on that hanging change up to mikhail franco and then all of a sudden you know, if they're going well, the team's like, oh, no big deal. We'll go ahead and get those runs back. And that's typically what we've seen in the past, but not not lately. That was the turning point really in the game for me. Yeah. Um, let's get into this two-strike thing, Vinny, because this confuses me. There are pitchers at like Brandon Woodruff's a guy who I think actually at times has a hard time with two strikes because of all the top-notch pitchers for – uh, for the Brewers, Woodruff's getting out of a two-strike ability. Maybe his pitch repertoire is not as good as, say, a Corbin Burns or even a Freddie Peralta. But for Aaron Ashby, the stuff that he has and the strikeout stuff that he has, it just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that he would have a day where he has such issues with two strikes. Yeah, so I did a, I did a segment on the show where we kind of broke down why – Aaron Ashby is a special pitcher. And the reason is is because he gets a ton of ground balls and he gets swing and miss and strikeouts. So I'm with you on that. So he gets the ground balls in the zone with that nasty sinker. Okay, so he did get a ton of them tonight. He got nine ground balls. But then he also gets swing and miss, which he didn't get the strikeouts tonight. He had two strikeouts. And the reason for that is because... He didn't have his slider working tonight, and he didn't have it working below the zone. So I think that's the next piece of his development is to learn 
how and when to throw the nasty wipeout slider. I, maybe he just didn't have it tonight. Some nights you just don't have it as a pitcher. Um, but this Nationals team is certainly aggressive. They're overly aggressive, and so you could have taken advantage of kind of expanding the zone on them. Aaron Ashby has been kind of directed by the Brewers to to really fill up the zone and just get outs in the zone. But this Nationals team, especially with two strikes, you need to expand the zone and get outs below the zone, uh, which he wasn't able to do tonight. Hindsight certainly is twenty twenty, but Vinny, we see it all the time where a pitcher is out there and not all of his pitches are working, and instead of just continuing to go back to something, they go away from it. And Ashby doesn't really do that. He throws a slider today 32 times. Of the 32 times he throws it, he gets 17 swings on it and only three swings and misses. So that that whiff rate is tiny on the slider. He doesn't throw a ton of curveballs, but he got a 43% whiff rate on on the curveball in hindsight should have he gone away from the slider and either just tried to continue to fill up the zone with with the sinker maybe try a few more curveballs like it just seems like that's a lot of sliders when that pitch isn't working yeah again i think it's it's a it's kind of a product of who you're facing as well and like who you're throwing the curveballs to typically he is throwing the the curveballs to the, more of the right-handed hitters and, and to get into the zone early in the count. He is kind of using that pitch in that regard. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You got to find a way to maybe find that pitch at some point. Um, it, just, it just wasn't getting the swing and miss. And, again, I think it was more location um, that the reason why he wasn't getting it. I think he was more too much – almost too much in the zone he threw 77 strikes today you know yeah. so like that's that's almost too many right so you got to get out of the zone but it's a it's an, it's just going to be part of his development he's 24 years old this is only he's only made a handful of starts in the big leagues i, I was actually really impressed with the ability to kind of it could have been a lot worse for ashby right i mean he only gave up the six earned runs with all those little soft hits right um and so, I mean, I know that's a lot, but again, I think he, I think he navigated his way through some of that traffic quite well. Um, but yeah, I think that's the next piece of his development is just kind of learn how to find that slider when it's not there and then get below the zone with it. I think it's important to note something that you just said, too, because 77 pitches on 104 strikes may be too many strikes in there. If... If we're talking about Corbin Burns and he is just locating with the cutter, if we're talking about Brandon Woodruff and he's just locating with the four-seamer, then the 77 strikes on 104 pitches is probably a pretty good number. But when you look at the repertoire of Aaron Ashby, he does throw the sinker, which is a form of a fastball, but you're throwing change-ups, you're throwing sliders, you're getting a few curveballs in there. And he does, yeah, I mentioned the curveball a moment ago. He doesn't throw the curveball for as many strikes as maybe you would like. He doesn't get the swing that you want on it for him it's a little bit different where actually to what you just said maybe there is a point where you're actually throwing too many strikes yeah especially again it's who you're facing as well right so if you're facing a team like the dodgers who never chases out of the zone right i mean you got a bunch of guys in the lineup with incredibly quality at bat after quality at bat so those are the guys you're going to want to fill up the zone with quality strikes with balls that are moving you're going to try and get outs in the zone dominate in the zone. Aaron Ashby certainly capable of doing that. But against a team like the Nationals, who 
who really just are almost overly aggressive. I mean, Luis Garcia, you could throw the rosin bag at him and he will swing at it, right? So, I mean, he is not trying to walk, okay? So these are the guys, and, and, and this is where, again, Ashby will learn to he can expand a little bit. He can come outside of the zone. He can have the catcher set a little bit off. Um, whereas right now he is just trying to fill the zone because again the stuff is just it just plays so well in the zone. It's got elite movement on all of his pitches, and so um, I just think he was a little like flat. And then again, just understanding who his opponent is and how he can attack each different opponent. Eleven five, the Brewers fall to the Nationals. If you want to join us, eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Also, tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. We've got a ton of texts and tweets that have come in. We'll certainly get to those coming up in just a little bit. My name is Matt Pauly. That's Vinny Rotino. We're back with more in just a moment on WTMJ. Telez hits one to center score. Yelich is Robles is behind it. The throw goes to third. Brewers are on the board and a sack fly from Rowdy Telez. But they lose 11-5. Brewers extra innings continues here on WTMJ 855-616-1620 The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Former Brewer Vinny Rotino continuing to uh, join us for a few more minutes. Vinny, let's get into uh, the fifth inning situation where Craig Council ends up uh, getting tossed. So a couple things happened there. Uh, there was a live ball situation where it looked like Robles uh, went for it. I, I couldn't really tell if he ever made contact with it or not, uh, but the umpire called the play dead when it was a, with a live ball that didn't make a lot of sense, and then you had the situation with the backswing, and I've been trying to figure out why why the hitter's not out, and I guess there is a, I guess in the baseball rule book, there's a difference between a backswing interference and then interfering on the throw down to second. Uh, so there's a way to read the rule that they, they do make it correct in just sending the runner back to first. I've talked to a lot of people, including uh, umpires, who say that the, the hitter absolutely should have been out. There was just a lot going on in a very short amount of time there. Yeah, Ramon De Jesus. Okay, let's talk about him for a second. I mean, he's had some issues umpiring, right? I mean, he was not the best at umpiring, even in the minor leagues, all the way coming up, all the way through. I was actually surprised and shocked that he was a major league umpire. Um, with that said, I don't want to just totally trash the guy, right? So um, that was he, why did he call the play dead? He called it. He called it dead when there was a live ball, and then Victor Robles. I think acted like he was going to touch the ball. I think he got certainly way too close to it. You could even call like that's almost interference right there just for him going for it while Omar Narvaez is trying to get on it, trying to grab the baseball. So that was strange. And then it seemed like they got that backswing call right. I think Craig Council even admitted that that was the correct call. In fact, worked out for the Brewers because ended up Luis Garcia had to go back to first base and then Robles ended up uh, getting a hit into left field, um, and then that would have scored the run uh, if there was a runner on second. So it was strange. Ramon De Jesus gonna have issues with him going forward. Regardless, I just he it, game speeds up on that guy a little bit at times. <laughs> The other thing that happened was they throw Council out, but then they allow him to complete the pitching change. I have never seen that. I don't know what. Again, it's like stuff that's happening in a in a in a 
basically a seven-game losing streak. It should be a 10-game losing streak. But, but it seems like everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and then Council's allowed to make pitching changes when he's ejected from the game. So go figure. Um, this is what's been going on for the Brewers lately. I mean, the crew chief, um, the, he, and I believe that's Alfonso Marquez, uh, he should come in in that situation and say, if Council's been thrown out of the game, then you, you got to let Chris Hook or Pat Murphy or somebody go make this change. Yeah, I don't know I, if there's going to be like, an, a, like a fine associated with Craig Council for not leaving the field and actually making a pitching change. Um, there, you know, certainly could. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, it's just <laughs> – Again, the game's just speeding up on these guys at times, and they just need to get a handle of it. It's just kind of a sloppy game all the way around, even on the umpire's side. If only Craig Council would have had a pair of the Groucho Mark sunglasses like Bobby Valentine back in the day and would have just thrown those things on walking out to the mound. That would have been made just absolutely perfect. I bet he would if he could, yeah. But that, that move was, was epic, and I don't think that'll ever be done again. No, that was so good. So good from Bobby Valentine back in the day. Uh, where does this team go from here? I mean, look, I think I think we're seeing some moments where it's just we talked about this the other day, Vinny. Where like we can talk all we want, and they can talk all they want about not pressing and not trying too hard. But there's it, they're doing it. Like it's so clear in certain moments of the game that this is a this is a guy who's trying to record four outs with one throw. This is a guy that's trying to hit the seven-run home run. Like the, the, That's what they're thinking, and obviously there's hyperbole to what I just said, but you get where I'm going. Like That's going on right now, and that does not help you win baseball games. Yeah, Andrew McCutcheon throwing home and missing the cutoff on that play yeah. at the play is certainly one of those examples. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro after a pulled hammy, and I love the effort, right? It, going for that ball in the corner that Josh Bell just flared into right field and ended up being a triple. Like, I'd like to see him pull up on that ball, actually, and not, you know, potentially risk another injured hamstring. Uh, and he couldn't have caught that ball anyway. Just a little bit of, of trying a little bit too hard. Uh, just relax, play the game, you know, play what you can do, do what you can do. Don't try and do too much. All the cliches actually are things as players. You actually have to remind yourself you've been told a million times, don't try and do too much. Stay within yourself, but you actually have to buy into that and actually tell yourself that because I'm telling you, it is so hard to not do that. This is the big leagues. It's relentless. I mean, you can see it on Tyrone Taylor's face, right? I mean, he's trying too hard. It, he had a ton of success for a couple of weeks there. Now he's mired in a few games slump. Like it, it seems like he can't buy hit, and he's not. He's he's not himself right now. And again, it's it's a learning process, but it's very difficult to do. And it is super cliche, but it is very very good advice. It's harder, you know. It's easier said than done. At the end of the day. In the month of June, Tyrone Taylor is hitting 094, and his batting average has dropped from 252 to 220. Yeah, I mean, so all you have to do is, I know we're talking about Tyrone, but like he, he'll find it again at some point. But he's mired in this slump, and he's going to learn how to not do that quick and get out of that quicker. So it's actually important that he's going through this, especially if we think that he's the part of the future of the Brewers. But then all you got to do is look look across the dugout there and see Jace Peterson. This guy really struggled. 
you never see him get overly excited. You never see him try and do too much. All he does is show up with his toolbox, with his lunchbox every day. He's a grinder, and he just does his goes about his business. And all of a sudden, now he's one of the hottest hitters on the team. It ebbs and flows, but you will keep your lows a little bit higher or not have them extended if you if you just just stay within yourself and just try not to be something you're not or not try and like you said hit the five run home run or go five for four every every game it just it prolongs those slumps and it's so hard to learn it's a lesson that every player does have to learn all right Vinny, good stuff i think we got craig kishan the next couple days if that's right so have a great weekend and we'll uh, catch up again next week Yep, for sure. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Matt. All right, very good. There's Vinny Rotino joining us here on the program. Got some time for your phone calls, your texts, your tweets, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Or you could tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we'll continue on in just a moment. Brewers have a tough one today. They lose in Washington 11-5. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Back liner in the shallow right, a base hit. Thomas is coming around third. Here's the throw. Not nearly in time. Nelson Cruz on a two-strike pitch, breaks his bat, and drives in the first run of the game for Washington. Quite the day for Nelson Cruz going four for five, driving in three. The old guy still has it. Brewers lose in Washington 11-5. Brewers extra innings does continue 855-616-1620. That is the Ancudent Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. Mitch and Sturgeon Bay texting in says, uh, can you explain the official scorer's thinking when he awarded a fielder's choice on the play that also had the airs and advanced yelts? All right, so we're going kind of deep into rules of baseball here. Uh, basically what happens there is when you have the initial hit, uh, the official scorer cannot assume a double play, but you can assume uh, getting the lead runner. So what you can assume there is on that play, they would get Yelich the lead runner, and that would have allowed um, Adamas to reach on what would have been a fielder's choice. Well, then there's two errors on that play, both a fielding error and a throwing error by Franco, and you end up having a second and third situation. Uh, so they assess bases on those two errors, but before the errors are even been assessed uh, you you can't assume the double play so but you can assume that uh, they're going to get the lead runner so that's why it is ruled a fielder's choice and then the heirs come in uh, after uh, that uh, Doug texting in says if the Brewers have to start winning games by scoring a lot of runs it's not going to happen the pitching better start getting in order the middle relief is bad Kelly Sanchez Baker uh, the game was still in question when uh, Ashby came out does say one positive keep Yelich in the leadoff spot the middle relief has been uneven this year there have been it was just a few weeks ago that we were talking about this that the brewers uh, had had the best some of the best relief overall numbers of any team uh in bay i don't remember the exact numbers i don't know where they i can't remember where they ranked if they were number one or if they were top five but it was it was really good and we weren't just talking about boxberger williams and hater now at times, the relief pitching does leave something to be desired, and you saw that. And at times, it's about uh, resource allocation. And Miguel Sanchez has been really good. You know, Sanchez gives up the four runs today, but that was a little bit of an anomaly for him when you really look at uh, what he has done recently. He came into today's game with a 1.08 ERA. He had given up one earned run 
his entire year up until today. So uh, that and that's what got the game out of reach. You're right about the game was still a game when Ashby came out. Kind of it was it was in that neighborhood. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Uh, but it's it wasn't Barker who came in late. You know, Brent Suter throws a, a scoreless inning. I don't think we can get mad at Miguel Sanchez. Miguel Sanchez had a 1.08 ERA before today. He had a bad day. Every relief pitcher has a bad day at some point in time. So, uh, yeah, that's when it when it comes to the allocation of which relief pitchers you want to use in games that are still kind of up for grabs. Miguel Sanchez is certainly in that group, and it just did not go well for him today. Uh, let's grab a phone call. Steve's in Manasha. Hey, Steve, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Matt. How are you? Doing good. Good. Um, I don't know. A couple things I've got. Number one, I gotta uh, voice my displeasure with Craig Council. Um, I would love to see him keep a steady lineup on the scorecard day after day instead of switching guys up, switching them in the batting order. You know, I understand people got to get the stick going and everything, but he just needs to keep a consistent lineup on the field. Um, I think that would make wonders for this team. The guys get in a rhythm. Um, Tyrone Taylor, uh, Preston Hira, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, got to quit swinging off the back foot in this launch angle thing and the metric game that they play. It's not the way baseball is meant to be played. They do not bunt the ball in any situation whatsoever. How many times in the few extra inning games they've played, I don't agree with the start and the runner on second base. I don't agree with that rule at all, but it's there. How many times has he tried to bunt a guy over to third? Zero. He never does it. He never does it. And I understand his guys don't bunt because they don't. They were never trained to bunt. It's swing out of your shoes and try to jack the ball out of the ballpark. Now we've got issues with the pitching staff. It's going to happen. And good pitching beats good hitting any day of the week. Steve, I appreciate the phone call. You said a lot there, and I I understand the frustration with you right there. just to hit on a couple of things. First off, from like a launch angle standpoint, that's actually the problem with Christian Yelich. The reason he's not hitting is because his launch angle stinks. It keeps getting lower and lower and lower, and he's just pounding balls into the ground. If he if he could lift that launch angle, he might add 40 points to his because he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball hard, but he's hitting it where guys are at, or he's hitting it on the ground. So this isn't a launch angle issue with Chris. This is not him... This is not him improperly using launch angle. I guess that would be the way I would say it. This is him not using launch angle at all. If he if he fixed the launch angle, he would he might be playing. He might have an uh, you know an all star resume at this moment. Uh, in terms of the bunting and extra innings, so I don't think you should ever bunt if you are the road team in extra innings because you can't play for one run. And if you play, if you bunt in the top of the inning and extra innings, you're giving an out away and you're getting rid of the opportunity for a big inning. 
too many of these extra inning games are being won with big innings. Now, that being said, if you are the home team and you're playing an extra inning game and the team, the road team does not score in the top of the inning, so it's still a tie game in the bottom of the inning and you got that runner on at second, depending on who you have at the plate, bunt all day. Play for one run. Like I'm with you there, but I do think, it's, I've said this before and I'll stand by it, I don't know if there is a greater home field advantage in any sport, at any level, anywhere in the world than this extra inning rule because the two teams are playing two different games. The team in the top of the inning has to assume that they have to play for multiple runs. The team in the bottom inning will know if they have to play for multiple runs or if they play for a single run. So I I think if you bunt in the top of the 10th, the top of the 11th, the top of the 12th, you are asking to lose the game. Bottom of the inning, if it's still tie, go for it. I'm I'm all for a a bunt in that situation. 11-5, the final score. We'll get the post-game comments from manager Craig Council. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Craig Council is on his way out to go take the baseball from Aaron Ashby. And Craig is still yelling at Ramon DeJesus, and Craig Council just got ejected. I I get it. I get it. I'd be upset, too. Two times Craig Council is looking for Ramon DeJesus to get the call right, and he never did. 11-5, the Brewers lose in Washington. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Manager Craig Council did address that and much, much more speaking with the media just a little while ago. As he opened up his post-game comments, he talked about the performance of starting pitcher Aaron Ashby. I think he, you know, he was in the strike zone, but yeah, that the, he couldn't get the last strike on a guy. Um, a lot of balls found holes. Um, you know, I, I didn't think he was, you know, the home run, obviously, to lead off the fourth, but, but there wasn't. You know, it wasn't balls in the gap and things like that. It was it was ground balls and um, some broken bats and you know they just he just they did a good job putting the bat on the ball and finding holes. Is that kind of similar to Adrian, where it's like if you're gonna throw the sinker, you have to just live and die with some of that contact sometimes? Yeah, I mean I think you know Aaron's been good at getting swing and miss. Um, I, I think tonight. You know they they fouled off some pitches. I don't I don't think the you know the fastball I thought was just up enough too where it was you know it wasn't the weaker contact. It was on the ground, but it wasn't it was you know hard enough to get through. And they they found the holes. Um, but yeah, the, I mean sinker ball pitchers are going to have nights where unfortunately the ball finds holes because it's um, when you don't have the swing and miss with the you know the slider to me wasn't a swing and miss pitch tonight like we've seen it be. Um, and so the fastball got put in play and unfortunately found holes. Night like tonight, frustration level will be high for any pitcher, but for a young guy like Aaron, do you think he kept his composure pretty well? I, I did. I mean, obviously, you know, we, he, you know, he gave up a bunch of hits, but like I said, I didn't think it was, you know, those the, a lot of those balls could have been outs for me. Um, and and I, I, I thought he did. I mean, we're we're in a position right now where we're. You know, we've been struggling with length a little bit. Um, we're, our, our bullpen's a little, you know, we've got injuries down there. Um, and, and so we're asking some guys to cover innings. Um, and I, you know, he just, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. 
there were uh, yet several times where you were trying to talk to the home plate umpire. Was was that all? Was everything connected there? Can you just kind of explain what was going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, there there was two separate plays that happened. Um, the first play was what, frankly, I was upset about. Um, the second play, I just the second play, I got an explanation. The first the first play was. Um, you know, Robles touched the bat, touched the ball with his bat after uh, with the pitch in the dirt, and the pitter is out if that happens. Um, and Ramon said it didn't happen, and I think it did happen. Um, and the fact that they didn't they didn't see it, you know, was was wrong in my opinion. So the next next play was about a well, I was just getting a clarification on what he called there and, and make there's two different forms of better interference on the, on that play and I, they, they, that one they got you got right for sure how much is the you know the short starts just starting to, to pile up for the well it, it you know we're, when you get short starts the other team has scored you're probably playing from behind um, and our injuries have come from the from the guy generally that will pitch that part of the game. Um, so we've been, um, you know, those guys have had to fill innings for us. Um, and you know, Sanchi has done a really good job previous to today. Um, unfortunately, it did, didn't go well today. But I think, um, you know, that that's that's what's kind of, that's what's happened a little bit. Is it to the point where you might need a fresh arm or two before the game tomorrow? Yeah, I think that's likely. Yeah. yeah. Offensively, a couple bright spots, though. I mean, Andrew had a three-hit game. Jace had some good contact. Homer. Is that individual? Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're, I think, as a unit, you know, we, we you know, we got to find a just. I think everything in the game we have to do a little bit better. Um, you know, we we got picked off tonight for uh, that was unacceptable. Um, you know, in the, in the situation that it happened. Um, you know, and, and I think there are times when you know, I mean, getting a lead in that game, you know, it changes. You know, we know that how that changes games. But when you're playing from behind, you have to kind of hedge everything essentially. Um, because of the next day, so um, you know, I mean, I think that's why it's a team. Everybody's everything's related. Everybody's got to pick each other up, and everybody's got a um, everybody's got a role in that. So, offense, pitching, defense, base running, bullpen starters. You know, we we haven't just haven't been good in any really very many of those areas, um, and that's that's why we you know find ourselves with a losing streak. That's manager Craig Council speaking with the media. So just to kind of reiterate what he said on the when he got thrown out, he thought the umpires got it right on the backswing call uh, where they sent the runner back to first, but the hitter was not out, but also thought that earlier uh, that they got the call wrong uh, when, uh, when it looked like the hitter had touched the baseball or at least made a move for the baseball when it was a live play. So, And then that's eventually what resulted in him getting tossed from the game. A tweet from at Brew Crew Scott. Better chance Brewers buyers or sellers? Uh, buyers. They're, this is a playoff team. 75 wins or 95 wins? 95 wins. This is still a really good team. Although, you go on a losing streak like this. Like We've been talking about this team as being a 90-plus win team. you got to make up for this losing streak with a winning streak at some point.
council manager of the year or relieved of duties. I don't think either of those things is likely to happen, uh, but manager of the year is probably most likely. And you know what? He's not He's not getting relieved of duties. That's, that is not happening, and there's still a lot of baseball left to be played, and if this team were to run away with the uh, central, uh, then manager of the year is obviously something that is a, uh, is a possibility. I think it's going to be a dogfight down the stretch between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Cardinals, by the way, did win tonight, so the Brewers are now in second place. They now trail St. Louis by a half game in the NL Central. All right, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. Brewers come up short. They lose to Washington 11-5. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 11-5 the final. Nationals knock off the Brewers. Starting pitching matchup tonight. Aaron Ashby going for the crew. Eric Fetty making the start for the Nationals. And it would be the Nationals who would strike first in the bottom of the first inning. Lane Thomas leads the game off, or leads the uh, inning off with a base hit. He then moves to second on a flyout. After the second out is recorded, Nelson Cruz comes up to the plate. 0-2 coming back. And a little humpback liner into shallow right, a base hit. Thomas is coming around third. Here's the throw. Not nearly in time. Nelson Cruz on a two-strike pitch, breaks his bat, and drives in the first run of the game for Washington. But the Brewers answer that and more one half inning later in the top of the second. With one out, Andrew McCutcheon gets a base hit. It brings up Jace Peterson. Looking for a ground ball double play as Peterson launches one to deep right field. Way back and gone. Jace Peterson into the second deck here at Nationals Park. Sixth home run for Peterson. It's 2-1 Brewers. That lead does not last too terribly long, though, as the Nationals would get two runs of their own on the board in the bottom of the third inning. That inning gets started with a walk to Victor Robles, then Lane Thomas, a base hit. So runners on at first and second for Cesar Hernandez, who singles. The bases are loaded for Juan Soto. He grounds into a uh, fielder's choice, an RBI fielder's choice, where Robles scores. That ties the game up. The next hitter after that is Nelson Cruz. 0-2 pitch. Ground ball to second base. Diving is Urias. He knocks it down. He does not have a play anywhere. The throw to first is late. Nats take a 3-2 lead as Cruz will reach on what should be ruled an infield single for Nelson Cruz. It is indeed ruled that infield single, so a two-run third for the Nationals. They lead by 1-3-2. The Brewers get one of those runs back in the fourth inning with one out. Andrew McCutcheon gets a base hit. He then steals second and moves to third on a wild pitch, allowing Jace Peterson to score him on a sacrifice fly, and that ties the game up at three runs apiece. But it just kept going back and forth. The Nationals back on the board in the bottom of the fourth inning, leading the inning off. It is Michael Franco. A 3-3 ball game. First pitch swinging for Franco. A drive out to left field, and that ball is gone. Above the Brewers' bullpen out and left. And Franco unties this game on the first pitch of the fourth, his fifth home run of the season. And the Nationals are not done in the inning. The next two outs would be recorded, but then Lane Thomas, a two-out base hit, and Cesar Hernandez, a two-out base hit. So runners on at first and second for Juan Soto. 0-2 pitch. Line drive into left. Coming on is McCutcheon. He's going to drop in front of him. Around third and headed for home is Lane Thomas. He's going to score. Now the throw to third is not going to be in time. 
Hernandez was trailing. He ends up with third, and Soto will get all the way to second on the throw. Two more runs scored, and the Nationals lead by a 5-3 score. Things would go a little crazy in the fifth inning. The inning gets started with a Josh Bell triple. A couple outs would be recorded, so it looked like Ashby might get out of it, but uh, not so much because Luis Garcia does this. Delivery to Garcia. Swing and line drive to right, a base hit. Another two-out run has scored for Washington. Yeah, so that uh, at that point it makes it 6-3. Then things go a little bit haywire. So Victor Robles is at the plate, and at one point there's a ball in the dirt. It's a live ball. He sticks his bat out at it. You couldn't totally tell whether or not he touched it or not. If he does touch it, and even just going for it is a little bit of interference when the catcher is going for it as well. Craig Council uh, got into uh, start mentioning things at that point to home plate umpire Ramon DeJesus, and the umpires don't do anything. And then Robles ends up getting a base hit. That puts runners on at first and second. Uh, there's then a situation where uh, also uh, in that same period where the backswing went all the way through to the catcher, uh, the runner had taken second but then it had to go back to first. Craig Council after the game saying he had no issue with the way that call was played, but no, or that uh, play was called, I should say. Nonetheless, he was still very unhappy about the uh, Robles situation, and he made that pretty clear as he went out to make a pitching change. Craig Council is on his way out to go take the baseball from Aaron Ashby. And Craig is still yelling at Ramon DeJesus, and Craig Council just got ejected. And I, I get it. I get it. I'd be upset, too. Two times Craig Council is looking for Ramon DeJesus to get the call right, and he never did. Interestingly enough, Council was still allowed to complete the pitching change before he left the game, and I have never, ever, ever, ever seen that happen. Nationals would continue to score runs. They do so in the sixth inning with one out, one Soto walks. Nelson Cruz gets another base hit, and here comes Josh Bell. The pitch home to Bell, swing, and a fly ball out to right center. That is way back and gone. Josh Bell, three-run home run for him, his sixth of the season. It's now 9-3, Washington. And they would add on, courtesy of uh, Kiebert Ruiz. Kiebert Ruiz at the plate, hits from the left side, and he drills under center. Back is Taylor at the track. He goes, and it's gone. Just off the top of the fence, and it goes out. Kbert Ruiz. Back-to-back home runs for Washington. That was all against Miguel Sanchez. Brent Suter would pitch the seventh inning and would put up a zero. The Brewers would make a little bit of noise in the eighth. Andres Machado pitching for the Nationals. Gives up a base hit to Christian Yelich and then a play where Willie Adamas reaches on a fielder's choice. Two errors on the play committed by Michael Franco. A fielding and throwing error. That puts runners on at second and third for Rowdy Telez, who hits a sacrifice fly to score Christian Yelich. Luis Urias then has a ground out that moves Adamas to third and that brings up Andrew McCutcheon. Telez hits one to center field. That'll be deep enough to score Yelich as Robles is behind it. The throw goes to third. Brewers are on the board and a sack fly from Rowdy Telez. 
So that was the Rowdy Telez uh, sacrifice fly. And then, uh, so then after that, you had the uh, Andrew McCutcheon base hit that scored Willie Adamas two runs in the inning. Uh, that made it a 10-5 game. Nelson Cruz would hit a home run in the eighth inning for the Nationals against Luke Barker. That would make it 11-5, and that would end up being the final score of this contest. For uh, Washington, they score 11 runs on 19 hits, two errors, and they leave nine. For the Brewers, five runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave five. Winning pitchers Eric Fetty, four and four. The loss to Aaron Ashby, he drops to one and five. Home runs in the game. Franco, his fifth. Bell, his sixth. Ruiz, his second. Cruz, his sixth. For the Brewers, Jace Peterson, his sixth of the year. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 26,111 folks. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll preview game two of the series, and we'll get out of here for the night. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Starting to wrap up this edition of the program, Brewers lose. They fall in Washington 11-5 in game one of a weekend series. Let's go around the NL Central. Not great news for the Brewers. In St. Louis, the Cardinals shut out the Reds by a 2-0 score. Andres Palante got the start for St. Louis. Five and a third, four hits, four strikeouts, and two walks. He picks up the win, his second. And with that victory, the Cardinals go to 33-26. and Compare that with the Brewers' record, which with the loss is 33-27. and And the Cardinals now lead the Brewers by a half game in the NL Central. Tough loss for the Cubs today. They fall in New York to the Yankees in 13 innings by a 2-1 score. This is hard to do what the Cubs did. They went 0-for-18 with runners in scoring position. 0-for-18. You see sometimes where the Brewers go 1-for-13 or 2-for-17 or something. 0-for-18. That's... uh, that's not good. Jason Hayward does hit a home run for Chicago. His first dinger of the year, Wade Miley, went three shutout innings, giving up just three hits, two strikeouts, and one walk. But the Cubs end up losing 2-1 to one in 13 innings. Pirates lose in Atlanta to the Braves by a 4-2 score. Around the Brewers' minor league system, low A Carolina at home. They fall to Myrtle Beach 5-3. High A Wisconsin, they play a 12-inning game at Beloit, and Beloit puts up two runs in the bottom of the 12 and wins by a 5-4 score. Double-A Biloxi wins 14-10 at home against Tennessee, and Triple-A Nashville gets a shutout win against Norfolk, 7-0 the final score. Brewers and Nationals getting set for game two of this three-game set tomorrow afternoon. The Brewers will send left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer to the mound. He comes in with a 5-1 record and a 2.38 ERA. Left-hander Patrick Corbin will get the start for the Nationals tomorrow. He is 2-8 this year with a 6.71 ERA. Uh, Brewers historically have struggled against Corbin. Last time out, they did an okay job against him. 305 first pitch network coverage at 230. I'll talk to you before the game at 2 o'clock for Brewers warm-up. And then myself and Craig Kashan, we will come your way immediately following the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.